How do you transition? I just, I, I, I failed the last two times. I'm like, it's awesomely uncomfortable, you know. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're glad you're here. If you're new with us, this is actually a great, great Sunday to be here. Because uh, we're going to be able to uh, pull the, the curtains back a little bit. We're going to have a, a, this texting question idea that we kind of experimented with. We've had a blast already in the first two services. Uh, what's going to happen is uh, for the next 10 minutes, maybe 15, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit and sell it. we're going to celebrate together and, and kind of look a little bit forward into the new year. And then we're going to spend the last 15 minutes answering your texting questions. I'm going to call Ryan up and Tyler's going to read off the question. So you're going to see, you know, that uh, number on the screen, and it was fascinating for us as Thursday's questions were completely different than 8 o'clock. And so every service has been different so far, and we expect the same here. Now, if you're wondering, well, what kind of text and questions are we looking for? Here might be three categories. Uh, the first would be maybe questions that apply to your personal life and growth, you know, that you have. And so, like I said, if you're not a Christian, this is perfect. You know, you can either sit back, or you can text in some things, and we're going to try to get through as many as we can. Uh, a second category might be uh, questions that you have about Valley Real Life. Where we are, where God is leading. You know, it could be a ministry related, could be, you know, something about our church. And so feel free to text that in. Or the last one might be just questions you have about God and the Bible. Uh, we know with that one that uh, there might be a two-week sermon series on some of the questions you're asking. And so for sake of brevity, we might give a shorter answer knowing that there might be a, a longer explanation yet to come. And so while you're processing, you know, questions in one of those three categories, here's what I'd like you to do, you know, uh, with the people around you. Uh, what was the best part of your Christmas season? So as we end this year, sometimes we don't stop long enough just to reflect. We made it through, but hopefully we had this series of uncluttered that you actually got a chance to enjoy something that took place. Uh, and so what I want you to do is answer that question with the person sitting next to you, and we're going to come back up in just a second. Best part of your Christmas season. The whole season. Go ahead and do that now. Okay, I'd love to hear a few of these. What's the best part of your Christmas season? Whole season. Family. family. How many of you guys said family? Raise your hand. Yay. How many of you guys are excited family's gone? Yay. You know, family. There's a lot of ways to celebrate family. You know, we love it. What's that? What was that over here? Friends. friends. Yeah. A lot of friends. Connection. Opportunity. Friends that you don't. So friends that you only like to see once a year. Oh, that you only see once a year. You don't, that's, <laughs> oh, those are the relatives. Okay, thank you for clarification. That's awesome. Somebody else? What? I heard somebody squeak. Christmas caroling. Love it. Awesome. Come on, a couple more. Food. food. Lots of good food. 
Okay, serving those less fortunate, you know, than us. One more. Okay, first time guests at Valley Real Life. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, hey, as you know, one of my favorite, you know, is the, our, our Christmas, you know, um, uh, service. Oh, yeah, I'll do one more. Oh, okay. And it was good. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, you know, and we've talked about, you know, both those things, you know, that was there as well. And so painful, but good, you know, in situations in that case, you know, really, really hard you know, to get through that, you know, as well. Hey, as you know, we had 11 services, you know, here and at uh, Otis during the Christmas season and uh, during the Christmas services. And the only way to pull off something like that, you know, is to have other people who have the gift of speaking, you know, as well. And uh, Ryan Lingblum was one of those guys. And so uh, Ryan was able to, to speak three, you know, of our services. Uh, the first one, if you happen to be here on the first Thursday night, you know, here at Barker, uh, Ryan was speaking. What you don't know, in terms of my favorite memory of the Christmas season, is that I was in Seattle on Thursday night. Uh, the reason I was in Seattle that Thursday evening is my son, you know, plays basketball at Post Falls High School. And uh, when the schedule came out, they had a tournament in Seattle, you know, for that kind of Christmas weekend. And uh, I noticed on the schedule that they had uh, just scheduled an additional game in addition to the tournament. And that game happened to be against a smaller school and that school happened to me by former high school. And I was like, what are the chances that my son would be playing on the same court that his dad played on 24 years earlier? You know, uh, so I flew out, you know, got a chance, you know, to be there and sitting there. It kind of hit me about the fourth quarter, uh, realizing that my dad had sat in these same seats watching his son play. And now I'm sitting here watching my son play. And so just a crazy thing, but that would not have been possible if it wasn't for Ryan. So Ryan, thanks, you know, again for letting that happen for me. And so we want to celebrate just for a few moments, you know, what God has done through Valley Real Life in this Christmas season. Uh, the first of which, there's no way we could accomplish 11 services without volunteers. There's just no way, unless the family gets involved, you know, from parking, you know, to tech, to, you know, canning out candles, to child, you know, our children's ministry, to all the different areas that we have, you know, going here. If you served in any way, shape, or form, can you just raise your hand, you know, during the Christmas season? Can we just thank God for these people? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We just can't do it, you know, without you. Now, uh, we also wouldn't have done 11 services if you didn't invite your friends. And so we asked you to invite, and you invited, and you invited, and you invited, which is why we kept adding services, you know, uh, galore. Uh, well, at Otis, you know, uh, people wanted to know, Otis, we had over 400 people that attend one of our Otis Christmas services. Here at Barker, we had over 5,400 people that attended for a total of over 5,800 people that attended one of our services because of you. Can we praise God for that? That's amazing. Give you an idea, last year we had 5,100 you know, just, uh, just because we just continue to reach out and continue to love. Uh, many of you asked about our Waymaker, you know, uh, update. And so at the very beginning of this year, we had a family that came and donated up to $500,000 as a matching gift. If we would then match that as a congregation above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings, you know, uh, to go towards debt pay down in order that we might look to the future and continue to expand with confidence what God is doing. Well, as of last week, we met that $500,000 goal. Isn't that amazing? Woo. 
Absolutely amazing. The generosity of this church continues to astound me. Uh, many of you asked about the Uganda bags. You know, we had over a thousand bags that were collected, you know, packaged up and sent all the way, you know, to Uganda. And we had a team that went there and prepared, you know, uh, everything in place for the kids to receive the bags. And if you've ever dealt with third world countries, the bags are still sitting at a loading dock in Uganda. So, although that is disappointing, you know, we need to keep praying or bribing, whatever works, you know, um, to get the bags out, you know. And so just keep praying that that happens. You know, those kids could still use those gifts and they would love those gifts. And so they're waiting for those gifts. So just pray. Uh, We can only do so much, uh, but we're excited, you know, still. And the church is still encouraged, you know, that we actually sent a team over there and just got a chance to love on those kids. So just continue to pray, you know, for them as well. Now, many of you asked about the Joy to the World offering. So we take an offering every Christmas Eve and 100%, every dollar, every penny, you know, goes outside these walls. This year's theme was to the world, you know, where we've gone local last couple years, this year went to the world. That means every dollar is going to go to Uganda, the Philippines, you know, and or China, you know, with that. Well, you guys, again, we together collectively, you know, you gave over $105,000, you know, during Christmas Eve. That is amazing, you know, to be able to see. So we're just praising God for that. Uh, One last reminder. Many of you asked about year-end giving. Uh, You got to make sure that it's postmarked by the 31st for it to go to your tax-deductible receipts. We get this question every year, so we want to make sure we mention it. Uh, For us, you know, a good chunk of our budget gets taken care of because of year-end giving. And so just as a reminder, you know, as we head into this next year, that we continue to be generous with him. Now, where is God leading us? you know, here at Valley Real Life in in the near future, in 2019. Uh, The first thing is next week. I want to continue to encourage you to invite friends that you invited for Christmas services to come back. We kick off the series next week called The Games We Play, you know, in Relationships. Whether it be, you know, uh, with kids, with uh, spouses, with friends, you know, with family members. And so we're going to talk about these relationships and the games we play. Now, you do know most of us love competition, But when you compete in relationship, nobody wins because there's a winner and there's a loser. And so we want to talk about how to avoid some of those things as we go through this three-week series. So I want to encourage you strongly. Invite your friend back. You never know. You invited them. You had the courage to invite them for Christmas services. They said yes. You never know if you invite them back, you know, unless you give it a try. So I would encourage you strongly to do that. Also, uh, we want to let you know that we are kicking off what's called Rooted, you know, church-wide, that's going to be taking place in about four weeks now, Rooted is a, uh, an experience and encounter, a 10-week encounter with Jesus Christ in a smaller environment. Staff has gone through it, about 18 staff people have gone through it, and you might have been a part of a group this fall where we took your leader out of your, your small group. And we encouraged, you know, 42 leaders to go through this as well. And our high school students, you know, were also challenged and encouraged to go through this in the hopes that we would then launch this church-wide starting the end of this month. Now, space is limited. We only have about 200, 250 spots available to go through this 10-week series. So if you're interested in going deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ, then I would encourage you to head to the lobby. You'd grab the, the, the form that you'd sign up because uh, we're gonna have to close registration in a, a very, very short time. As soon as it gets filled up, we gotta stop it. So I wanna encourage you to be a part of that. Many have asked, uh, uh, what's, what's the next campus? Uh, uh, we have seen God do incredible things already through Otis in the few months that we have launched that. And so uh, people have asked, well, where are you thinking about going next? Uh, and so we always try to go to the Lord first. 
and say, God, where do you want us to go next? Because we do believe that God wants us to continue to reach outside of our walls in specific communities. And so we've been praying. And so today I'm here to ask you to join me in prayer. We believe that God is heading us in a certain direction, but we don't want to make the final decision until we involve his people to pray along with us to either confirm or for us to say, nope, we thought it was there, but it's somewhere else. And so the direction that we feel like God is calling us to launch our next campus, our satellite in, is Freeman. It's Freeman. You know, out of great tragedy can come great opportunity. And we have seen some incredible opportunities that God has opened up in the Freeman area for us to at least explore the very realistic possibility that the end of this year, the early of 2020, that we would launch our next campus there. So we're asking you to join us. There's going to be some informational meetings for those who you might be interested in that in the coming weeks that we need you to attend that would show us that God has continued to lead. Because we don't want to do our ways. We want to continue to follow his ways, which lastly, as we look to 2019 and 2020, uh, if you look around, we're out of room. And we've been out of room for a long time. We've tried to do a lot of different things. We've had overflow. Uh, just out of curiosity, were any of you guys here um, at four o'clock on Sunday, which would have been the 23rd, I believe, during that service? Anybody here for that at four o'clock? Yeah. Uh, there was over a thousand of you, you know, that were here. We had overflow, overflow, you know, where we were cramming chairs all over the place, you know, and the, to leave this area, it was, you know, you were very patient, very Christ-like, I appreciate that, because the line to this road went all the way back almost to the, you know, to the extra pastoral parking area, and it was all the way this side, and it was just like, we're out of room. We're out of room. And so here's what we know, is that God is going to be challenging us in 2019 and into 2020. Are we willing to do what the first group of people did when they first got this place? And that is to sacrifice, to come alongside and to expand this facility, expand the lobby, expand the offices, the auditorium. We've already expanded the kids area and some additional parking in preparation for what we believe God is calling us to do, which is actually why Waymaker was such a big deal to try to give us even more margin to move forward confidently. And so we're just asking you to join us in prayer. As again, the way we always see it, you know, is our vision is to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. That's, that's Jesus' vision, to, you know, and that's our vision, is to be able to do that. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 9, it says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Understand this. We will be a church that always has plans and ideas and thoughts, but we want to hold it like this, not like this. We want to hold it open because in Proverbs, we understand this. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You know, and so we want to make sure that God is leading every step of the way. So we're like, we're on this track. Oh, no, we've got to pivot. Oh, we're going to here. But it says, go into the world and make disciples. That's our vision is to reach, but then to grow them to become more and more like him. Proverbs chapter three says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding, as we talked about on Christmas. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And then Matthew, Jesus tells us, go into the world. Make disciples. Don't sit by idly, but actually go. In fact, in the Greek, it says, as you are going. It's an active, you know, we're supposed to be moving. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Don't worry, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so we've got to be a disciple who then makes disciples. The question becomes, though, uh, what is a disciple? 
Like if I were to ask you, you know, because the Bible uses that word, what is a disciple? We'd have, you know, hundreds of different answers, different parts of it. Well, a disciple is one who prays. A disciple is one who reads the Bible. A disciple is, yes, yes, yes. But for us, we've tried to make it very clear that in Jesus' invitation to his followers, we believe is the definition of what it means to be a disciple, which comes from Matthew 4, 19, when Jesus says to his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And the invitation is the definition. So to be a disciple, a disciple is one who follows Jesus in our real lives, that we follow him. Second, that we are changed by Jesus. Jesus says, I will make you. So we're changed by him. And then third, we are on mission. Our lives, purpose and mission is for Jesus. When he says fishers of men, that that's the reason that we're here is to be followers of Jesus, changed by Jesus and on mission with and for Jesus. So as we approach this new year, there's new year's resolutions. And many of them fail because they're either too big or there's no accountability, right? There's no accountability. And so here's the, 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 the challenge for you as you head into the new year. What is the next step that you can take to go further in your discipleship process? What is the one step that you can go further? What's one step that a year from now you can look back and say, man, I did that one step. L- let me give you a couple ideas. Maybe for some of you, it might mean accepting Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That might be the step of 2019, maybe even 2018 as we end our year together. Uh, for some of you, it's going to be every time somebody gets baptized, and as you look at the cross and as you uh, write down names on the baptistry, that you're always praying for someone that God has put in your life who doesn't know Jesus, that, that he's going to use you to reach someone for him in 2019. How cool would that be to look back to 2019 and say, God, you used me in the life of somebody else. Uh, maybe for some of you, it means attending services regularly to say, this is an important part of my busy schedule, whether it be on a Thursday or whether it be on Sunday, I'm going to make coming on a regular basis for my own sake, or maybe even for the sake of others. And maybe for some of you, it's going to be actually taking your teenagers to winter camp, right? We have winter camp coming up, you know, or encouraging them to go or kicking them out, whatever you need to do, you know, to have this encounter. I can look at my own life and know that these camps were monumental in my own spiritual walk and journey. So we have our middle school camp, sixth and seventh grade. You can sign up, Dr. Ryan, you can sign up. There's a youth table, you know, that's right by the kids' area check-in, and, uh, and you can get them signed up. It's not too late. We have high school, you know, uh, encounter that's coming up in, in the month of February. So just opportunities, you know, for young people to just to jump in and be a part of what God is doing. Uh, maybe for some of you, uh, that's going to be a regular time with God, that you're going to commit to have a regular daily time with God, not just dependent on the weekend services, but you're going to have something in between those to connect you to him. We're going to give you some next week, some opportunities to be able to do that. We'll give you a handout, you know, that may make that a little bit easier. Uh, For some of you, you know, that may mean getting into a small group. Uh, You know that discipleship best happens in circles and rows, and you know that you've been busy in your time, but we always have time for what we care about the most. And so maybe for you, you're like, I'm going to get in a women's group. I'm going to get in a men's group. I'm going to be in a community group. I'm going to be in a rooted group. I'm going to go to a recovery group, whatever it may be that would be helpful in your walk with him. Uh, Maybe for some of you, it's to start contributing of your time and your talents. And you're like, you know what? I've been a part of this family and I recognize that there's no way we can do services uh, or other opportunities that God gives us as a church without his family involved. And so maybe you're like, you know what? I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be the one to raise my hand for next year in different areas of service that God has called me in. Uh, Maybe for some of you, it's actually financially giving. You've been holding on so tight, not realizing that God needs to be the priority, and it's actually going to set you free 
to be less dependent on your finances and more dependent on him, which is the purpose of giving. Maybe that's your next step in the discipleship process. Or lastly, maybe for some of you, God is calling you to be a leader. And you've been kind of sitting on the sidelines. I would call you uh, my reluctant leaders, where people, other people in your life recognize that you have a gift of leadership, but you're involved in other areas of your life, but you've never given any of that leadership to the church. You've been hesitant. You've held back. You've been insecure about it. In 2019, God is saying, no, no, in insecurity, you find security in me. So maybe I'll take that next step forward, you know, to be able to do that. I, I don't know what it is for you, but you still have time to unclutter. And so I want you to take a few minutes to just process. We're just going to pray, you know, for what God would have my 2019 look like as I take that next step in him. I don't know what that is for you, but you and God do. So let me pray, and then we'll go into our time of texting questions. Lord Jesus, thank you for our time together. I pray, Father, that you would just guide our hearts right now. Allow us just to slow down enough and to really think about, Lord, what, what it is that you want us to be or what it is you want us to do this next year. Lord, what's that next step that you're calling us individually so that even as a church, we can continue to grow in you. Lord, thanks for the opportunity that you give us all just to go on this journey called faith. And we pray now that you would allow us the courage and the accountability to take the steps needed that would allow us to become more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Dan, I did miss your birthday and I missed Christmas. And so I thought, I might as well give you a gift. Now, each service I've given you a gift. Has it been different each time? It, it has been different each okay. time. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you open this one today. The bag's been the same, though. The bag has been the same because I didn't want to spend more than a dollar. And, and the, the, yeah. the insides have been the same. There was no more than a dollar spent on each of these gifts. <laughs> My favorite is you have, like, packing tape well, on the back of the... The reason I did that is because they're dollar frames, <laughs> dollar store frames, and they fell apart trying to put the picture in. So... Oops. Okay, so well, these, uh, this one is, uh, the, everyone that's been a picture, this one is uh, Disney's Maleficent, but it's your head on uh, Maleficent's <laughs> body. Yeah. That's uh, pretty accurate, actually. It's, very it's pretty accurate. This is a gift that we'll keep on giving. Yeah, right? I know, right? So, yeah. so you've got Greatest Showman. Yes. You've got Maleficent. Yep, what did I give you last service? Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yep. All right. So I can't wait till 11. I think these guys should come back for 11 and find I, out what I give I, you then. I can't wait either. <laughs> I know you can't. <laughs> I know you can't. What, uh, besides this, what's been your greatest gift you got this Christmas? Besides this? Yeah, besides that. Because <laughs> obviously, well, and the other two that I gave you already. Uh, my, the greatest gift I got actually wasn't for Christmas. It's actually for my birthday, which is obviously around Christmas time. Uh, my wife went over the top, you know, this year, uh, and I got uh, noise-canceling headphones. Uh, and, and the reason that's so important is so that when I'm in coffee shops, I don't listen to other people's conversations. <laughs> Any, any longer, I think was her point, you know, in doing that. Now, for those of you guys who are not laughing, uh, you need to come to church more often, you know, because there's a specific reference, you know, to that. But that was my favorite gift. That was, that was, that was great. Awesome. Well, buckle up, Besides man. this one. Besides that. Yes. Well, buckle up because uh, we, got we got some questions. I bet. This I service think we, especially. We've gotten about 40 questions so okay. far. Okay. Not going to get Just through 40. Just for this service. So we're not going to do all of them. 15 minutes. We're, we're going to we, run through them. We might right. get through and I, one I based on I some of these questions. I didn't write any of these, I promise. Okay. Um, so, uh, first one. Um, our, all of our um, 
Joy to the World giving went uh, to our international partners. Yes. Uh, why did all of that money go to international partners? Why didn't any of that money stay local? Yeah, it was one of the things that we pray and process through every single year. You know, uh, the first, uh, this is a new thing that we've done here at Valley Real Life. When I got here, uh, so this is our, my fourth Christmas, uh, we made a decision as a team to say, our Christmas Eve service is going to go outside the wall. So then the next question became, well, where? Well, for the first three years, most of which has gone local. And so um, and every year, it's not one, by the way, because we got this question before, it's not one that the ministries are counting on or dependent in fact, they don't solicit. It's not one that's, that they look to. They're regular, like, oh, we were counting on that gift. No, this is above and beyond, and we even tell them that afterwards. You know, like, hey, you weren't expecting this. You didn't even ask this. Here's a check for, or this is going to go to this area. So this year, we're like, you know what? We've done the local the last three years. This year, let's do international. Let's do, because we've got some ministry partners that express some specific needs, and they have far less than what we have around here. So we said, let's go there. And so that was that choice this year. Next year, it'll be completely different. You know, um, I'm getting a guess that next year, it'll probably all be local again. Awesome. And is it possible to still give to that joy to the world? Yeah. Giving? Yes, it is. Yep. How do we do that? In the memo line of your check, just write joy to the world. Sweet. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know. Very good. Uh, next question. Um, a guy sent this in for his daughter. My daughter's biggest question, I don't know if it's a guy, sorry, that was, sorry, anyway. My daughter's biggest question is why would God create men if he knew so many would be lost? She wonders if it is a big game. A big what? A big, big game. 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 Like God's playing this cosmological Ooh, game. Yeah. No. Uh, the, the hardest part, you know, uh, when it comes to humanity is the idea of not creating robots, but creating people with free will. That's the hardest thing. God's choice into creating people with free will um, has incredible benefits, incredible downsides. How do we know? If you ever have a child, you know the pains you know, of the child and as they grow up, especially those who may have grown up and grown in pain and rejection of you. you know, if you've ever had that in your life or know other people to say, wait a minute, I gave birth to you. I changed your diapers. I supplied all of this for you. And you chose, after 18, to separate from me. And so not a game at all, but it was God's only way to say man needs to choose whether or not he will have or she will have a relationship with me. And I'm going to give him or her that opportunity in all time and all creation is going to prove evidence that my existence is real, but you're going to have to choose. If it was any other way, it would not be a choice which would make us robots, which would make us, is it really love in the first place? Not a game at all, but a reality, and we all get to choose. That's good. Good. Uh, next one. I was baptized in the Mormon church as a child. I am no longer with that church, and, am, and I'm a Christian now. Should I be rebaptized in the Christian church? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, question, the, the statement that you make in the text is, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus now. Uh, so by making that statement, yes, your next step is to be baptized uh, here. And so we'd love to, to be a part of that with you. So if it's you, come and find us. And I would say you're not being baptized into the church. And that may be a distinction too. You're being baptized into Christ. Yeah. You know, it's a completely different emphasis. You're not being baptized into the church. Uh, it's the same thing, you know, we tell uh, folks, my wife grew up uh, Catholic. You know, as well. And the uh, similar question we get 
is, you know, well, should I get baptized, you know, um, because now I come to this and it's my own? We always say yes, not because it does anything to, to uh, put down what you were raised with. You know, it actually honors, you know, the parents who chose to dedicate their child through infant baptism. We honor that and we celebrate the path that your parents or special people in your life chose in your own life. But at some point, you make a decision. And every evidence that we read in scripture, and that's, that's how we follow is what the Bible has to say, is I believe first, I have to make that choice. There's that free choice, Ian. I got to make the choice, not my parents. And when I make the choice, I need to confess you know, my sins, understand that I'm separated from God. I need to believe in my heart that Christ died for that sins, rose again from the dead, you know, and then I am baptized in him as an outward demonstration of what he has done on the inside, a profession, you know, you'd say almost like a wedding ceremony. And so we encourage people to say, yeah, take that next step. What a great way to end this year or even go into the next year. Sure. Great. Can you believe in God, but also in evolution? I want to know God and be closer to him, but I struggle when I think about the theory of evolution. I'd say it depends on the definition of evolution. So if, if you're talking about macro evolution, you know, where one species changed into another, there's not enough good science that actually backs that up. You know, where one species, you know, a bird becomes a, you know, and they're still trying to find, if we're in this day and age where they're still trying to find evidence, you know, of stuff from a scientific, you know, standpoint, it makes it very challenging. Now, if you're talking about microevolution, you know, where things begin to evolve over time, there's plenty of scientific evidence, and the Bible is not contrary to science. And so people, you know, uh, whether you're a person, you know, who believes in the seven literal days of creation, you know, that in day one, morning and night, this is the creation story, praise God, we're glad that you're here. If you believe, as other scriptures point out, that a day could be a thousand years in the eyes of God, you know, and you believe that it took a little bit longer, okay. I wasn't there. Neither were you, you know, and it's not a salvation issue. You know, it's not one that's going to separate you from Christ or any of those, you know, things along the line. Do you believe, you know, that God's the one who's the one who's orchestrated it all? You know, how it happened, we can argue for years on that. And we'll find out one day when we actually get to go to heaven that I was right and you were wrong. <laughs> you don't even know which race. You don't even know which side I'm standing on, but that's more fun. How many minutes a day should we spend reading our Bible? You can answer this one. I'll take that one. Uh, it depends. It really does. Um, I spend about 30 minutes a day uh, in, in scripture and journaling and also in prayer. I spend about 30 minutes a day just, and it kind of changes uh, day to day. Uh, one of the things that I've been telling Dan this next year that I'm really focused on is prayer. And so I'll spend more time probably in prayer this next year uh, than I spend in the word of God just in, in a daily devotion, if that makes sense. And so for each person, it's a little bit different depending upon how much time you're willing to spend in it. I would say this. Let, let, me, let me just lean in for a second because um, I've been kind of on a rant on cell phones lately. Let me just lean in. If you spend more time on your cell phone than you spend in the Word of God um, and social media specifically, uh, that, that should probably just signal a problem in your own life. So you should probably spend more time with your creator and the maker of you uh, than looking at what somebody made for dinner just out of curiosity. So that's all I would say. But there were some good dinners. There were made. some great dinners yeah. made. I made that's some bacon wrapped challenge. onion rings yesterday. You did. You mm. sent me a picture. They were so great. This guy, hey, I, I took him over to Tyler's house. He brought house. me one. That's right. If you didn't live in Rapture, you probably would have got one. What? Yeah. You got one? I yeah, got I, one. And he got jalapeno poppers too. I think mm. jalapeno poppers. Oh, they were so good. 
Mm, so good. I got a picture of that, Ryan. <laughs> I, uh, How much I time did, you spend in the Word I didn't, yesterday, I didn't, I didn't get a text of a scripture, though, Ryan. <laughs> I got a, got a picture of food. Uh, I will. I'll, <laughs> challenge accepted. Okay. Buddy. Challenge accepted. Oh, great. I'm going to get. <laughs> All right. We, yes. got, we got a text from a 12-year-old. Okay. Uh, How do you know? He says, I'm, they say, I don't know why I always default he. Sorry. <laughs> they said that they're 12. Okay. He says, I'm 12. <laughs> How old are they, Tyler? Twelve. Okay, just check it. I'm too young to have the power to be a leader in Christ. What are ways I can have leadership at my age? That is wrong. Dismissed. Absolutely wrong. You know, you should not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but you set the example for the believers in life and love and faith and speech and impurity. That's what Timothy says. So there are plenty of opportunities for you to lead. You know, for you to be involved, for you to be able to connect, not only in our middle school area, but I know that we have middle school students who serve and are leaders in our kids' area alongside parents who are there. We've got middle school students who are serving in great capacities in our tech stuff. It's funny, you guys are way better at running some of the camera stuff, you know, than people have been running cameras forever, because it's like you've been looking at a screen your whole life, like you have, you know, so you're really good, you know, all that kind of stuff, and so whether it be, you know, there, greeting, or there's so many different areas that you could be involved with, we'd love to have you, sorry, that was probably for you, but. I, you answered it perfectly. I have, yeah. a, I have a 12-year-old, so yeah, I, I know, right? He, yeah. Maybe it was him. <laughs> Alex, he, he, does, he doesn't have a cell phone. Oh, so no. that's true. Yeah, your 16-year-old just got one. He, he got a smartphone near 16, six, My 16-year-old yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Um, I'm having a difficult time picking a career. I thought I've had my career picked out for a long time until recently I considered pushing in a different direction. I've tried to pray about it, but I'm still not sure I'd be right for the job. What should I do? I'm still in high school, college, but I need to start working towards what I want to pursue. Great question, uh, or comment, if you will. Uh, here's what you do. Find a group of people that you trust. Um, find some people that you can pull alongside you, that you can begin to have that conversation with. I love that you're asking it here in this forum. Um, I'll tell you what, become a pastor. I'm kidding. Uh, but seriously, uh, find a group of people that you trust that you can, you can lean on to ask questions. Um, you know, Tyler works with high school and college-age students, and so he's a perfect person uh, to come and talk to about that struggle that you have in life. Um, all of us have kind of struggled with kind of figuring out where we are, and we've landed here. And so I would say find people that you can really lean on and go, hey, tell me, tell me why you chose the career path that you did, and try some different things and see what happens. And take the pressure off. You know, it's not that day anymore. You'll, you'll go through, I think, what's the number, 18 you know, different jobs in your life now for those who are graduating college today, I think is the average number. And so it doesn't all have to be laid out. The key is, are you doing it for the Lord? Mm-hmm. That, that's what he says. And all you do, you know, I do it for you. And so it's like, it doesn't matter what that role is. Do it for him. That's the motivation. Great. Um, my 13-year-old son acts miserable coming to church Sunday morning. What do you recommend? He says he doesn't believe, and I'm not sure how to guide him. I'll take that one. Uh, ladies right here, is it easier to come with friends? See, it's easier to come with friends. They shook their head yes in case you can't see them. Uh, that, that's one of the things. Uh, have your, your son find some friends that he knows here. Um, chances are that if he goes to one of the middle schools here uh, in the Valley, chances are he knows somebody who attends here. Uh, also, our Wednesday night programming, Fuse, is a great opportunity for him to come and realize that church is actually a lot of fun. Um, Thursday nights during our services, we offer something for middle school as well. And so that might be another opportunity for you to bring him then and say, hey, why don't you go in that room and hang out with your friends who are from your school in that environment? Um, 
church, church can be a blast. And so uh, if, you, if you can show him that it's a blast, uh, hopefully that maybe he won't drag his feet about coming. My feeling is hurt. <laughs> Dan is they not. They think I'm boring. They do. <laughs> Dang it. They do. Sorry, man. Yeah, as many of you guys feeling? You have my one feeling. feeling. I only got one. Okay. You know, uh, that, but many of you guys didn't know that we had a Thursday for that reason. We knew that sometimes that sixth, seventh, eighth grade can be hard to adjust in this environment. Uh, we will never have something just for high school, you know, uh, because our, our belief is that high schoolers need to understand what it's like to be part of the body, not be separated from, so that when they go off to college, it's not foreign. You know, so that, that's a, that's a ph- philosophy. But for, for middle school, we just don't have the room on a Sunday morning. So people are like, why don't you do something on Sunday morning? We don't have any room. We have space issues. Remember, you might have heard that earlier. But Thursday night, we do. And so I, I'm excited about what Eric Moody does, you know, for a Thursday night for middle school. Uh, and I just add to that, too, one, model, uh, model that attendance, model why that's important. Um, they're still looking to you. Even at 13, you may not think that they're looking to you uh, anymore, but they still are. If it's important to you, it has a greater chance of it being important to them as well. Uh, and the other thing you, in the question that mentions, uh, he, does, he says he doesn't believe. Uh, important thing to know about every aspect of our church is you don't have to believe like us to belong with us. And so, um, so, so be here. God, God's working here. You know, like we believe the Spirit is here. We believe the Spirit is, is, is with his believers, his followers. And so um, this, this seems to be a great place uh, to help guide him in the right direction. And so even when you don't feel like it, I mean, this is true for adults too. Even when you don't feel like it, come and be in the place that you know you're supposed to be. So uh, next question. Uh, when are we starting a college group? Anybody have any answers? Tyler does. Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> Interesting. We actually have, uh, we have uh, groups for young adults. Um, you don't have to be in college to be a part of them. Uh, we have uh, two young adult groups, um, and we, we treat it very uh, directly in that um, we, this is the young adult service, uh, along with the older adult service and the high school service. Like, this is it, right, this morning. Uh, and yet, relationally and, ki- and growing, uh, we have specific uh, small groups for that. They meet on different nights of the week. Uh, if you're interested uh, in getting more information on that, come talk with me. Shoot me an email, tlane at vrl.church, and I'd, be, I'd love to plug you in or plug your college student or young adult that you're trying to kick out of the house uh, into that group. So, good. Um, next question here. Do the dating game one. That was funny. Oh, the dating game. Okay, so at 8 o'clock, we got a, we got a message. It wasn't a question, but we still addressed it. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, that with the, the heart one, the heart behind us, on the screen, it looks like we're at a really bad dating show. <laughs> but the person went so far to say that be, we all lost. Yeah, we we're, we're lost. at a dating show, show, we all lost. I was like, so that's I actually pretty funny. I don't... <laughs> I'm a little hurt. I have more feelings your, than just your, one. But your feelings are hurt? My, my two feelings are hurt. Um... Okay, you mentioned Rooted, uh, which is this awesome opportunity we have going, going forward. Our high schoolers went through this fall. It was fantastic. Um, if if our, we're unable to do the Rooted this season, yep. is there an opportunity to go through it in the future? Yeah, Rooted uh, will be another large opportunity in the fall. You know, again, uh, if you sign up, you can't miss more than two. It's one of those things that you, it's better for you to wait if you can't make all ten of the encounters and the experiences and the opportunities that you'll go through. And so uh, we actually would encourage you to wait till the fall. Rooted will also begin to become the next thing in our church. You know, that's what we're finding out, the power of this thing. In other words, if you decide to get baptized, we're going to ask, hey, have you been in a rooted group yet? 
You know, if you come to our DNA class, which is, you know, the, what we would call our family commitment class, we would, we're going to end that by going, have you been in a rooted group? If you come to our connecting point, like, I want to get in a small group, great. Have you been to a rooted group yet? That's going to be the next easy step, you know, for people to encounter Christ and be in deep relationship with other people. That's awesome. There have been so many good questions. I know we didn't get to half of them, uh, but uh, even a lot of comments about how great this is and awesome opportunity. I just want to throw it out to you. Every Thursday, we do this after the sermon, uh, about the sermon. Uh, so if you've never come on a Thursday night, come do that. It's a lot of fun. We put Dan on the spot every single week on Thursday, uh, and, and it's good. So just a couple more questions before we get out of here. While the church continues to grow, it can be overwhelming to be part of such a large church. We've talked about that. Volunteering and small groups are key. What are some areas that are in most need of volunteers right now? It's hmm. a great question. Uh, kids ministry would be uh, on the top of the list of, of areas that you could definitely serve. Um, greeting, communion prep. Uh, let me just say, let's just back up for a second. I could give you a list of things to serve, um, but why don't you serve where you're passionate? And so think of an area that you are passionate about. Um, one of the things Dan says a lot of times at DNA is think of the thing that bothers you the most. <laughs> Maybe it's the parking and, and trying to figure out how to get out of here. Maybe God's gifted you to know how to get people out of here quicker. And so maybe that's an area where you're passionate about and you just didn't think you wanted to serve there, but God's actually leaning on you to serve there. Um, I would say just find a way to get involved. If you can just get involved, uh, you'll see what God is able and capable of doing through you and through this church. And so I would say find a way to get involved. You can talk to me. You can talk to Tyler. You can talk to somebody at Connecting Point. Uh, if you are not currently serving, we would love for you to join us uh, in serving in here. So. Awesome. Last one for me. Um, what can we do? You mentioned Freeman. What can we do to help uh, with Freeman and that decision? Uh, I know you mentioned praise. Is there anything else we can do? Can we take that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, much like I just talked about with serving, I think that's, that's key. So if you are interested in going to Freeman, being a part of Freeman, uh, I would say we need you to start serving today. Um, because as we look at the timeline of when we might possibly think about going to Freeman based on open-handedness, obviously, saying, God, would you lead us there? Uh, with that, we need people who are committed to serving and understand what, the, what we do here at VRL and how we do it. Because we are one church, multiple locations, uh, as proven with Otis. And so it's going to take some blood. It's going to take some tears. It's going to take some sweat uh, to get that off the ground. And so we really need you to jump on board with us in that way. Uh, Come to some informational meetings with us uh, and find out how you can be a part of that. Um, And and lastly, I think prayer is is so, so key in this, that we would truly come to God open-handed and say, God, if this is where you lead us, lead us here. Mm -hmm. And so we're coming open-handed asking God. And so be in prayer with us about how we might do that. I had a couple of people at the last service, they asked, when is the informational meeting? Do Do we have an idea about when the first information meeting We were looking at February. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a weekend in February. We're kind of circled. Um, hopefully, yep. hopefully we'll get that detail down next week. Because that'll be a big indication for us. You know, if we have this informational meeting and three people show up, we're like, well, Lord, maybe it's someplace <laughs> else, you know, uh, that uh, we'll have. So we'll make sure you get, a, you know, several weeks notice, you know, uh, in order for if that's something that you're interested in being a part of. Absolutely. All right. I got one question for you, Dan, before we wrap up. Yeah. What are you looking forward to in 2019? What's the one thing? Hmm as you think about your next step and where you want to go? I think for me, you know, um, the word that keeps coming to mind is trust. You know, when, uh, when you start being a part of something that's way bigger than yourself and we're a church, you know, that continues to, to grow, uh, there's a lot of criticism that comes with that. Uh, and when we start talking about expanding, there's a natural criticism that's going to come. Uh, there's going to be criticism of why are you using money that way and isn't their church big, too, big enough and, you know, what's going on, you know, with even doing the other campuses and that kind of stuff. And here's what, I, you know, I can tell you 
is um, our church will never be big enough. As long as there's people in this community who don't yet know Jesus, we want to be a church that reaches and connects people to Jesus. You know, um, uh, I know it's hard uh, because the, the, for me, it's going to be tough to receive the criticism because I know it's coming. I've been a part of, you know, uh, churches that have grown and, and has exploded and God is using it. And it's amazing if you have that perspective, but it's also very challenging. And in the challenging time is when we learn to trust the most. Uh, we all say we like to change, you know, and grow, but we don't, you know, uh, growth is hard and growth is painful and we like the things and where we sit and how things are. And this is why we love our church. And when somebody interrupts that, even with where we sit, our services, where we park, all that kind of stuff, as little as that may sound, that's just a microcosm of what we feel. And then all of a sudden we start saying things about that church. And so I would just ask you to join me in trusting God this next year. And in, I would even say into 2020, uh, because he's going to ask us to do some things that are uncomfortable. He's going to ask us to be a part of things that's going to cause us to sacrifice more of us in order to be more about him. And it's easy to say it's really hard to actually get in the game. And that would be, you know, my challenge and my encouragement and my excitement, you know, all at the same time for what God's going to be doing in 2019.